0: Hello friends, you're going to love today's episode of Doing Divorce Different. We are talking about all things kids and what they go through. I am so delighted and honored and I can't even believe that I have the special Ellen Bruno. She is a documentary filmmaker, an award-winning one at that and um, just an amazing woman that has, done so much and has many films on human rights but this film in particular is called split and it will give you insight from the kids themselves that are going through a divorce so if you are going through a divorce or you have been through a divorce and you have kids this is a must listen to stay tuned it's a good one I want to let you know about something new and amazing. We are offering a group divorce course, and this is a novel idea. It may seem, you know, counterintuitive to a lot of you, but it works, especially if you are a person who likes to be in community with other people going through what you're going through. So if this is something that interests you or if you need any kind of divorce support, please connect with me at lisakoski.com. You can fill out a consultation request. And I want to let you know that this course is available up until November 1st. So please sign up now and learn learn more about how you can still be anonymous, have your own paperwork, work one-on-one with me and in a group setting. Welcome, friends. Here we are. And I am telling you, I'm so excited. I've got my lovely co-host, Kim Geiken, here with me, um, the client who became a mediator. And, you know, I've got to tell you, I'm actually a little starstruck that I have this award-winning filmmaker, Ellen Bruno, with us today. And, Ellen, I mean, we're going to talk about your movie Split. And that is about kids going through divorce, and that's why the listeners want to be here. But I always like to get a little information about people and you, you inspire me and, I, and I'm not saying that lightly. I am 53 years old and maybe have just started caring about a little bit more than my little pod here. And when I look at your website, Bruno Films, and you're I mean you're a humanitarian, you have, so many touching stories and films can you because i'm so so in awe of that can you just and i'm not kidding but can you just give us a little bit of the detail of what made you do this in your life i mean it's
1: awesome well thank you that's very sweet and i i I, in turn, am very inspired by the kind of work you're doing. So I, I've got to say that. And, you know, it's funny. Thanks. Recently, I I had one of those middle-of-the-night realizations where I thought, well, if I could do it over, I would seriously consider mediation. There's something about mediation that is so profoundly um, healing for this world and for the people in this world. And mm-hmm. it's... It's uh so I I want to say that I I have deep admiration for people that are working to bring people together in whatever way and so um well I know. just
0: want to tell you too Ellen it's not too late you could yes. <laughs> you well, could
1: um, still do it you know I do think about that and um, anyways more on that later but um, <laughs> uh, you know I, I don't know ever since I was a kid you know the truth is I I was one of those kids that you know, was obsessed with national geographics and other cultures and things beyond the little bubble that I grew up in. I come from a very small Italian community in Rhode Island and you know our horizons weren't very far. And so I um, and then you know starting early in the game, I ended up spending my high school years, my summers in Mexico with one of my my teachers. And then I had one of those moments that, oh wow. I'm 14 years old and I know exactly what I want to do with my life. And, you know, what that meant in my 14 year old mind was, you know, working in a community, working in a, uh, a shared effort to make things better for people in that community. And, and, and so in a, in a strange sense, after about eight or 10 years of refugee relief, I then transitioned into filmmaking somewhat reluctantly um, because I, um uh apparently I'm a good storyteller and <laughs> you, are. So, you know there's there's this way that sometimes we have an idea of things we think we should do in the world and then there's sometimes the universe is sort of pointing us in a particular yeah. direction and we go somewhat reluctantly and that was I've got to admit I was somewhat reluctant to leave direct service and go into filmmaking because it's pretty all-encompassing I have managed to keep a foot in both worlds and I'm very engaged in a lot of non-filmmaking efforts and I I travel quite regularly to to work on projects outside of filmmaking. So, um, yeah.
0: Well, and I think that what you're doing is so important because you're doing the work and you're reaching other people like me and like people going, like my clients who get to see your film. And I am um i think it's so amazing that at the age of 14 you knew and i don't want to say i'm jealous (laughs) but i'm a little jealous because i think it took me until i was about 48 years old to go to just be hit over the head with it so that is that's why you've been able to move the way you have and have the films that you do and i just i mean i recommend we will have your website in our show notes i recommend you know, people looking at your documentaries. Um, and then that kind of brings me to Split. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me ask you, you're traveling around the world doing all these amazing things. And then this one is a little different. It's yeah. here and it's about kids going through divorce. What made you do that?
1: Well, my parents got divorced when I was about 12 and there were four kids um, and in our family. And like I say, that was at a time in the 60s when parents felt like the best thing they could do for kids was to not mention it <laughs> and not talk about it as though we didn't notice. It was like, <laughs> don't talk about it so the kids don't get upset. But of course, you know, the moms would kind of file into the kitchen and sit over a cup of coffee and sob and, oh, you poor woman, oh, you poor children, you know, and so. But we had no outlet to talk about it, and it was a time mm-hmm. when we had a lot of shame. You know, we were the only kids, or just one of two or three kids in the entire school whose parents were separated. And and then thirty years later, I sep- my my kids' children, my kids' dad and I separated when the kids were quite young. And um, when they got to school, I realized, wow, thirty years later, and the culture of divorce really has not changed much in in, in our society. And um, there's still a lot of stigma and shame and there's still a, a lack of true communication about what's happening and mm-hmm. you know there's this way that parents are so overwhelmed understandably so and yes. they're in the midst of a divorce that you know they'll say Kathy how are you doing and oh I'm okay mom <laughs> you know and it's almost like the parents can't tolerate to hear the truth of how this is affecting their children. And and it's almost like the kids can't tolerate telling their parents because they see how burdened and overwhelmed their parents are. And so there's this very unfortunate conspiracy of silence that happens still around divorce, where everybody's mm-hmm. busy taking care of each other, but nobody's really getting their needs met. And and we're in a, a legal structure where there's so much attention and there intention and attention to the needs of the children. But in reality, where are the children's voices in the process? You know, who's really hearing from the children? And so um, this was really just an effort to um, create a a film that I felt I would feel good about my kids watching, you know, a, a film that didn't didn't feel creepy or didn't feel preachy, you yeah. know, that was sort of fun and the kids were cool and they're funny and they're giving it to you straight. And, you know, kids can identify with the kids in Split in a way that really helps normalize it and realize it's very encouraging because it's like, wow, those kids are cool. Yeah. And, th- and, th- and I trust those kids because they're not giving me a sugar-coated version of everything's going to be okay. They're telling me, you know what, look, this is tough. There are things that are really tough about it. Uh, and there are things that are actually good about it that are unexpected. And um, in the end, we're gonna survive and we're gonna be happy and we're gonna be able to make jokes and we're gonna be able to you know, reenter the world as whole children. And um, that's something that's hard to imagine at the beginning of the journey for a child. And so there's this real trust that gets developed between the kids in the film and the viewer kids. You know, I trust these kids. That's what kids have said to me so often is, oh, I really trust those kids. I really listen to them. You know, the adults are always telling us this and the adults are always telling us that. But, you know, kids listen to other kids a lot more deeply than they do to us as adults or parents.
0: Well, and, you know, Ellen, the thing that's so interesting. So I don't have a lot of connection with the kiddos. Right. I but I think in addition to it being so therapeutic for them, I'm throwing that in the face of my clients because they are forgetting, you know, they are forgetting what their kids are going through. And sometimes they don't like it and they get mad at me because they wanna pretend, oh, it's gonna be okay. And it is gonna be okay. But I'm so thankful that I have, um, you know, that film now that I can share um, with my clients because, I mean, that it's interesting you created it for children and I'm using it for their parents Mm -hmm. so that they understand and can share it with them and see what they're going through because it is not easy. And you talked about that overwhelm and that is like the process of mediation. We want to help with that overwhelm, but when they're in it so deep, it's hard to swim and see what your kids are going through. But I am telling you, those kids are darling and I cried. I mean, it was touching and sad at points and yet hopeful, right? Mm-hmm. Just, you know, like things you have to go through. But, I mean, there I wrote down, I took little notes about things that hit me. And I think they're little tips that our listeners can hear to help them help their kids. And I think um, one of the, the quotes I wrote down was, it's like something you really love breaks and you can't put it back together. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's mm-hmm. how they feel. Like, don't forget that. They didn't ask for this. And then I was struck by how they all wanted to know why. Exactly. And if you can speak on that right. a little
1: bit. Well, again, there's this way that in, in a way, I think we, we tend to overprotect our children or, mm-hmm. or not give them the respect they're due in terms of straight talk. And what ends up happening, and uh, when kids aren't getting the information they need, and granted, eight-year-old kids can't hear everything, and they shouldn't hear everything, but they are in the process, as are both parents, of recreating their story. They need to have a story to tell. It's like this emotional structure of the story to tell in order to move forward. Okay, what's going on here? You know, how, how did this happen? What does this mean for me? And there's something that's very frightening for kids if they're kept in the dark. And I, again, I speak from personal experience. When I was going through the, this at the age of 12, clearly my parents were very upset. They'd go into their bedroom, they'd come out, they were both crying, very upset. And we'd say, What's happening? What's happening? Oh, nothing. Nothing's happening. Everything's okay. Let's go get ice cream. And I thought, <laughs> I, I, I actually thought, I'm dying. I thought that I was dying and they did not want to tell me. And Uh. and, and because every time I'd say what's wrong, they would say nothing's wrong, nothing's wrong. And then they'd be like really nice to me. You know, and I thought so in my child's mind, I constructed Mm -hmm. the story that I had some incurable disease and they were afraid to tell me. And and I actually ran out of school one day to my pediatrician's office and insisted on talking to him and said, I deserve to know what's going on with me. And he's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And so that's all to say that children have very active imaginations and Mm -hmm. they're going to construct a story based on the pieces of information they have. And chances are that's going to be a very inaccurate and far more painful story than the reality. And mm-hmm. there's something that's very grounding and very, and makes children very secure if they know their parents are being straight with them. Yep. And uh, it's very frightening when you feel like you have to, figure it out on your own or you have to be sort of a spy and put the pieces together and there's a lot of that going on and granted i have to say all with good intention what's very interesting about the film is that um and what you're saying is very true we made this for children but it's being incredibly helpful for anybody working with separating parents Mm -hmm. because at the time when parents are separating they're almost unable to hear what their child's reality is. It's almost Mm -hmm. intolerable for them. Even in the absolute best of circumstances, divorce or separation is a major game changer for children. And children, it is true, very often feel it's their own fault because everything else in their entire life, in their family structure, had a, it was directly related to them. We have, they are our family structures are obviously very child centered. And so everything happens in relation where the child is a significant part of it. So why isn't divorce? Why would divorce be any different? Right. So, so children really do feel like there's something they may have done. My son recordist, when we were making the film, we left one of the homes and he said, you know, when I was 10, my father sat down at the kitchen table and turned around and said, that damn fish tank makes so much noise. And then the next day, he actually left the family. And so Jeremiah spent his life wow. until he was a young adult thinking that his father left because his fish tank made too much noise. It's just the way children's minds work. So it's when parents are going through the process, the most Googled phrase that has divorce in it is the effect of divorce on children. Yeah. Okay. So that's a significant piece of information parents are keenly concerned about how what they're doing is gonna affect their children. However, they don't have the bandwidth necessarily to much about it. And they don't have, they're, they're so raw that they almost can't hear from their own children how this is affecting them. But what happens with split is, split is enough degrees of separation from the, their actual children, so that they can actually let the information in. It's not their children speaking to them directly, but it is they do recognize their children in the split kids, and so it's a comfortable enough distance to be able to show it to a parent, have them take it in, mm-hmm. and have them, you know, hopefully shift their behavior and their choices in a way that truly are most in support of the kids and most mm-hmm. in support of themselves in the long run, as we all know. These contentious, acrimonious separations hurt the parents as much as the kids. Yeah. And so they get caught in the toxic loop as much as the kids do. And everybody's happier. Yeah. Parents make more skillful choices guided by people like you.
0: Oh, amen. Yeah. And yeah. And I, you know, I just, just to kind of round that up. I mean, just for parents to know that most kids want to know what's happening Not the gory, icky details, but they want to understand it so that they're not lost. And many of them, which was in the film and you just stated, fear that it's their fault. And so to be able to communicate that to them, you are leaps and bounds ahead.
1: And trust that they're going to be okay. Trust the kids' capacity to take that information.
0: That's a good point.
1: We we don't trust our kids enough. And the fact is they're going through a lot of of turmoil, emotional, psychological turmoil. Knowing, getting some straight talk will actually calm them down. Yes. They will actually feel like they can trust the situation rather than being adrift at sea and not having any idea. Now, granted, you can't tell them what their life is going to look like six months from now because the whole family is going through a lot of changes. Right. But you can say you will see your you will see both parents. You will see your grandparents. Your, you will still have your friends. Maybe the housing is going to change. You know, we may have right. to move somewhere. I may have to get a job and work more than I did when we were together. But don't worry, we're going to be okay. We're going to work on this together. And and you know, there's there's a way that you know, as you know. Um, there's a lot of anger in um, a sense of um, my kids need to know what really happened. My kids need to right. know that my wife took off with another guy and that this was not my fault. There's a sense of, and I'm bringing that up because that's inappropriate information mm-hmm. to share with a child. That is not mm-hmm. helpful for a child. No. You know, they, children really need to be allowed to love both parents and have access to both parents because- Another universal truth, many came forth in the process of making this film, but a very profound universal truth is that a child really is half of both parents. Mm-hmm. And, yes, and Ellen, so I to, was just thinking that, yes. So to badmouth a parent is so mm-hmm. hurtful to a child. It's so hurtful. And yep. its It's not helpful. It's not telling them the way things are so they know they need to know whose fault this was. You know, children are very tender and loving to both parents, even if they, even if, and they're not, children are not, uh, they're they're really paying attention. They get what's happening with one parent or another. They get that one parent may be problematic in one way or maybe picking fights more, you know, making things difficult they're not blind they're very keenly aware of what's going on in the relationship between their parents they don't need to hear it from the parents they're witnesses to that and and one of the uh, a universal truth that came forth is how really devastating these this conflict is for the kids Mm And how really they feel stuck in the middle. They feel like they need to caretake the parents. They need to be the peacemaker, the middleman. You know, so sending messages back and forth with the kids is just an untenable burden for these kids. They need to be free of of that kind of responsibility of caretaking a parent. Well,
0: and, you know, Ellen, to that point, I always want to let parents know, too, if they're listening and they're like, oh, crap, I was saying really bad things. You know what I mean? Okay, it's not too late.
1: Exactly. We'll
0: apologize. We all may, you know, we don't need to carry the shame around, but you can change it.
1: Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And in something that's come out with the second round of interviews when the kids get older is it was very interesting to me is that it's very important for kids and my kids this is very true as well what happens the way parents describe relationships in very negative ways the kids are thinking why am i even here how was i born of this relationship right. so acrimonious and kids need to know they came from love it is so important yes. so many kids they have a photograph of their parents when they were together in their room or of them with their parents when they were together they need to know that they were born of love. Now, granted, that's not always the case, but it is 90% of the time. Mm -hmm. And that is a a core and precious part of their self-understanding that I came out of a loving relationship. Okay, then it got hard, or then we went separate, or however Mm -hmm. you tell the story after. But for a child to know that, you know, I really did love your father, or we really had five or 10 great years together. And then it it is really critical to a child's sense of well-being and and who they
2: are. And and I think to their future relationships too. Exactly. That for me has been such a a big uh, point with my own kids having gone through a divorce is, um, is trying to get them to understand that not all marriages have to end in divorce. They do take work and and it is work and it's important, and you can have that. And you know, I try to explain to them, you know, the foundations of good relationships and and hopefully that they have these things and or to give them the tools to communicate effectively, just and not in even just romantic relationships, but all of their relationships. So I, I'm trying to explain that to them at each of their different age groups and their levels and how it can portray to different parts of their life. Um, but that's a big deal for me. Like I, I don't want just because they came from parents that ended up getting divorced that had a really good run, Mm -hmm. you know, that they don't also walk into a marriage thinking my parents had a, a good divorce. So if it doesn't work out, I can also get divorced. I I hope that they are armed with the tools to have great relationships going forward.
0: That is such a great point.
1: You know, um, it's interesting because as I do these interviews and as we're finishing the sequel now, there are just certain stories that emerge as clearly, okay, this is a theme. And here's another theme. And here's another theme. And this, in fact, is one of the themes is how these kids think about their relationships based on having been in the family where parents separated and all of the kids talk about this, you know, some of the kids are very realistic saying, I know relationships are hard. One, one girl said, you know, the way I see it is it's like under construction forever. (laughs) That's how relationships are. You know, another one says, you know, I, I just, I can't imagine myself ever getting married. I can't imagine wanting that Mm -hmm. after I saw what happened with my parents. And another one says, "I, I don't believe in that form, but you know, if, if I'm with somebody I trust and we communicate well, then that's just that's a good enough fairy tale for me. And so what we need to understand, and this is a really important point, is we're not just trying to get our kids to this particular point when we're separating. We're actually creating the blueprint for how they see relationships and what they see as possible for themselves in the future. And so even if we're modeling a good separation, it's critical that we do that well, mm-hmm. you know. Whatever we do, we need to really be thinking long term because divorce is not something that happens in a child's world when they're twelve, and then two years later they're done with that and they get on with their lives. It's a pretty pretty critical part of of the structure of who they are and how they they it, it has a uh, a profound impact, it, it, and it could even be a good impact. I'm not saying divorce the separation okay. is always bad, and I'm not right. really making judgments about that. But it is a game changer in whatever way it changes. And parents really need to realize that how their children experience their divorce has so much to do with how the parents behave, how the parents communicate with each other and the choices they make. And that will create the experience for their child. And that can be an incredibly stressful, anxiety-producing situation for a child with a lot of pain. Or that could be a learning and growth experience, you know, where they're being loved and supported. And they're seeing two people who are using their higher selves to make choices for the entire family as that family moves through a transition. And so there needs to be something that we do as a culture, we need to start shifting how we do this as a culture. And Gwyneth Paltrow, I've got to say, despite all of the pokes and jabs she gets, <laughs> in terms of, her conscious uncoupling is a mm-hmm. critical concept that we, we need to learn in this culture. Yes, and definitely. it's unfortunate because the culture doesn't support that, you mm-hmm. know, and I can say for myself that when I was going through a divorce, my friends and family with the best of intentions would constantly be saying, oh yeah, he's being a jerk or yeah, I can't believe he's acting that way or you're, and you know, they felt that, um, the way to support me would be to denigrate my kid's dad.
2: Mm-hmm. Hey. And it
1: still happens. I, I still find when people make comments about my kid's dad, that it, it, it hurts me, you know? Yeah. And I thought, this, it's not necessary. This is my children's father. Yeah, we're not together. We had a parting of ways, but this is a person that I had two children with and that is dear and loved by mm-hmm. my children. It's not helpful, for, for you to be speaking so negatively about him. And yet it's what our culture dictates as a way to be supportive.
2: Right. And, and it's almost
1: like them. eating too much candy. It's like, and then you just feel sick after it. You know, it may feel good. Like, oh yeah, they agree with me. He's a jerk. And then where does that get you?
0: Yeah. Oh, Ellen, I love your heart. I love that comment. Um, and I, that is what I want for all my clients. I want them Um, to have that relationship with the other parent. Um, Yeah, that's so meaningful. And I have to ask you something that I got really excited about. Do you have a sequel? Do we get to see what these kids are doing when they grow up?
1: Yes, you do. And very soon. Yeah, no, it's very exciting. Um, There's 12 kids in Split. And as you know, having seen the film, they're pretty fabulous. Um, And they're all the more fabulous. Now they're teenagers and young adults, and they're looking back anywhere between six and eight years later, because both films are stretched over a period of time. They're looking back and talking about, you know, what worked for them, what didn't work for them, what they wish had happened, Mm -hmm. and how they think about life in relation to this. And it's very, it's very profound. And it's, it really is a deep teaching for all of us involved in supporting these families because, um it's almost like a long-term study of these particular 12 kids and and in this is not a generic you know kind of a a bunch of kids i mean it it ranges from um you know jonah whose parents and their new partners and the whole extended family get together every holiday and go on (laughs) holidays together too Several of the kids who come from very high conflict families who have been become very um, alienated from one parent or another, that's something that happens that parents need to understand. And several of the kids say this in these high conflict situations where the kids feel like they're in the middle. When they get older, they are so exhausted by being in the middle of that fight that they end up actually choosing one parent or another. Mm-hmm. And it's just easier. Yeah. And they're just sick of the whole thing. And so there are two of the kids who have uh, totally alienated from one of their parents because they just couldn't take it anymore. It's just like, yeah. I'm sick of this war. I'm just, I'm going into this camp and I'm just settling down there. And um, so, you know, there is this way that this continued conflict um, is, is going to push your child away. They're mm-hmm. either going to want to get away from the both of you and get as far away from you as possible, or, or you're going to find a way to make them comfortable in this new uh, paradigm
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, where they feel loved and it's a comfortable, safe place for them to be in either household. And it's not an, a horrible situation where parents are coming together for a high school graduation or a college graduation mm-hmm. or the new baby or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you have to think long term here. Your mm-hmm. children may well have their own children. Mm-hmm. And don't you want to be there at all of those wonderful events with your grandchild and have that be a comfortable situation and not have to watch the clock because yes. the other parent is showing up in an hour and you've got a hightail out of theirs because everybody's going to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So.
0: Yep, yep. So I'm so in alignment with you there and I'm so excited about that sequel because it sounds like, there are going to be many, many more lessons um, that we can learn. And I just have to ask you, I mean, I love your heart. I want to thank you for what you're doing. It means so much to me and my clients and the world. And I hope that we can get you to come back and for talk sure. about the sequel. When do you would think-
1: love to. Yay. Love when do you think that's coming out? Uh probably early 2022 we're kind mm-hmm. of in the yeah we're we're, we're getting there it's all, all shot. Right. it's half edited um you know things like the animation um take a little more yeah. time and it's out of my hands and so um you know i'm dependent on other people for that so you can never tell the timeline exactly but uh, early in the year, it will be ready to roll. Yep.
0: Well, we will be, you know, ready to see it. And we just thank you so much, Ellen, for being yeah. here today. And if anyone wants to find your films, your website will be in the show notes. It's Bruno Films. Um, is it BrunoFilms.com?
1: It is, but uh, there's a website specifically for Split, and it's SplitFilm.org.
0: All right. And I will put the trailer in the show mm-hmm. notes, too.
1: So, great.
0: You get, this was so great. Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank all you all right. for Take the work you're doing. Take care. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for joining us. This truly has been one of my favorite episodes. Um, you know, look for Ellen Bruno at Bruno Films. We're going to put in the show notes... The trailer for the movie Split, but this episode was so helpful to give you some insight into what kids are really thinking when they're going through divorce. And remember, if you'd like to do a parenting plan with your soon-to-be ex-husband or just the person you're co-parenting your child with, go to lisakoski.com and sign up for the On Demand course. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Thank you.